Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Emanating live from my basement, not my mom's basement. This one's mine. <laughs> and excited to have Frank Saravalli waiting in the wings here. I will get to him after I tell you that some guests of Oilers now receive gift certificates to Roots Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Chris Chef Altoff that Oilers now sent you. One, one, and one at the Young Stars Classic. 14, one, and three now in the last 18 rookie games. Pretty good record there, but as Craig McTavish just alluded to, often that's sort of counter indicative of where the team is going to go over the course of that season. Um, yeah. So. Garner what you will. Good performances, according to Bob from uh, Bo Aiki, uh, who stood out for the first couple of games and then took three penalties in today's 5-2 defeat to Vancouver. And uh, and uh, Xavier Borgo ended up actually stepping up as well after under-delivering in a situation where I know Bob was calling for him to really step up and rise above the group. So we'll see what uh, what the rest of the fall has in store, whether Borgo has extended an invite to training camp, which starts officially Wednesday with the paperwork and stuff. Then they'll hit the ice Thursday of this week. Okay, Daily Faceoffs Frank Saravalli joins us twice a week for the horses. Horse Racing Alberta, come experience live standard bread racing at Century Mile Racetrack and Casino every Friday and Saturday. For more info, head to thehorses.com. Frank, a busy weekend of reporting for you. And to me, this is where we see the absolute reason that journalism, well, first of all, that I'm so passionate about it. This is the kind of thing that they taught us about, essentially, in my journalism degree. You were there to provide a service as a bit of a watchdog so that when the powers that be overreach, the little guy has somewhere to go to, in this case, (laughs) whether it was Biz Nasty or some other way, uh, to air that. And ultimately, justice ended up being served after an investigation. So, Frank... um, where can you begin with what's gone on with Mike Babcock, who now leaves the organization in Columbus? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Power of journalism, I would say, you know, it's always necessary, um, especially in the changing media landscape, to have that independent, you know, free source of information to um, 
to do exactly as you said, to hold people to account. But I think in this case, what really strikes me about this story is the power of the voice of players, because for one, um, they were, were able to use that to pass along the story to Paul Bissonette, who then relays it on spit and chiclets and it blows up. And of course there's a trust factor there, but also I think more importantly is the trust factor that the younger players in the Columbus Blue Jackets organization had that were really uncomfortable with the way things started under Mike Babcock to pass along that story truthfully and honestly to the NHLPA who showed up in Columbus to ask questions. It would have been easy after the statement from Boone Jenner to really kind of brush this under the rug. The Blue Jackets say, nothing to see here, move along, this is innocent, and a gross mischaracterization. Boone Jenner, unenviable position, team captain, the GM, the coach, the team president are looking to you as the guy with the letter on his sweater to back them as they're in a precarious position, having hired Mike Babcock. And yet these players still decided to speak up anyways and use that voice to... I think right or wrong that was beginning to unfold and doesn't feel like it now, but I bet the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, dodged a pretty serious bullet here. Which leads everybody to question how he ended up passing the checks and balances to get hired for two years, eight total million dollars uh, in the first place. And so now the questions are being asked of the likes of John Davidson, of Yarmo Kekalainen, the general manager, or I believe you were even quoting the owner of the team who came out and said that there's probably not any other hockey ops changes for anyone to expect. At this time. So he did leave the door open and not exactly a strong vote of confidence for Yarmo Kekalainen. And rightfully so. I mean, look, Yarmo Kekalainen should have entered this season on the hot seat to begin with. It's his 11th full season coming up. And this team is coming off of a 59-point campaign. If you're keeping score at home, that's 12 points fewer than they had in their inaugural expansion franchise year in 2000. So the second worst season in franchise history. And that was a year in which they had spent $84 million of the owner's money to sign Johnny Gaudreau and Eric Branson. So significant moves, underwhelming result, coach fired, which means Yarmo Kekalainen had to get it right. He had, he had to ace the hire, and he didn't because his coach didn't even make it to training camp like didn't even make it to day one of training camp this guy that was supposedly so changed and was going to do things differently and was open to the voice of you know young players and tone and was going to watch all these different things and he had done all this work it was all nothing it was a big nothing burger so whatever he had said um you know i, I, don't, I don't know the proper way to explain it uh, the co-host on my podcast, Jason Greger, t- explained it today as a, a wolf in sheep's clothing. I don't know if you know that's fair or unfair, but needless to say, um, not only was it just my understanding this incident with the phones, but there were a few other things that players already did not feel comfortable with, Brendan. Chatting with Frank Saravalli for the horses right now, Horse Racing Alberta, and lots to dig into with regard to the Babcock investigation, but not the least of which that stands out is just sort of the lack of accountability even still. Not 
by him uh, and not by the organization who thanked him uh, for yeah, his professionalism through the matter. I didn't hear any acknowledgments in, in the statement yesterday saying that this wasn't going to be tolerated in their organization. Which is just insane. So now where does this leave Pascal Vincent and the job that he has Oof. of doing and coming in in mop-up duty for not only taking over in the wake of Babcock, but also in a dressing room where you're sort of, I mean, you're hoping that Jenner and Goudreau and the, the youngsters are on the same page, but that's not a great foot to start out on. It's a really unenviable position for a guy in Pascal Vincent who is really highly thought of and has been knocking on the door as a head coaching candidate for the last number of years. Um, when Brad Larson was hired, he was brought in as the associate head coach after spending 11 years in the Winnipeg organization, had been an AHL head coach, had been a, a longtime Quebec Major Junior Hockey League head coach. So he has all this experience, and yet it's, it's a really uncomfortable position. Not only is it mop-up duty, and not only did you only get a two-year deal, but on top of that, you were already in Columbus on the bench for the last two seasons with Brad Larson, and you were never considered and or passed over by Yarmo Kekalainen to begin with this past summer. If he wasn't, then he would have been the head coach from the very beginning. So you know you're not really their guy, and you're just sort of hoping to be uh, the gum on the wall that can plug the hole for this season that's already been plunged into chaos before the players even set foot on the ice. So this was supposed to be and expected to be a big bounce-back season. I actually really liked what Yarmo Kekalainen had done with the Blue Jackets this summer. Uh, the Severson trade and signing, the Provorov trade, they reshaped their defense core in a big way. I thought a team sort of ready to maybe challenge for a playoff spot this year that not saying that that's not possible. Obviously they didn't even get to camp and maybe for whatever reason this, you know, binds this group together and they have a, a sort of us against the world mentality. It's possible. Um, the season is still fresh and maybe they want to do that for, for Pascal Vincent, but man, it just, this is not the distraction that you want to start the year. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, you almost I would rather that it happens now instead of the middle of the season where it could really blow things up. We've seen St. Louis in recent memory turn things around in shorter order. But as you say, the unenviable position, the almost no-win position for Pascal Vincent, unless he can really get the troops to and rally here. Jeff, I was going to say, Brendan, that's why I said that he, you know, and it maybe it's possible that the Blue Jackets dodged a bullet here, that it did happen so early that at least – Right from Jump Street, there's some continuity. You know, even though he's only got three days to prepare, Pascal Vincent can put together a game plan and and begin to attack this thing. That, as opposed to blowing up mid-year, that this is probably the preferred alternative if it was going to happen at some point. Uh, let's shift the focus to something quite a bit more positive that happened today. We'll get to Oilers in a couple of minutes here, chatting with Frank Saravalli for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. But uh, we had the inaugural PWHL draft. Uh, Taylor Heisey going first overall, not moving too far away from the Golden Gophers, stays in Minnesota as we all expected her to. But overall, I mean, the production of the draft, I watched quite a bit of it. It's, it seems like there's quite a bit more stability surrounding this league than in years or attempts past i wonder what you can say about the pwhl yeah i mean look it, it looked really good 
Um, I think it's a really interesting way to kickstart the league um, because you had sort of the three players uh, that teams could sign beforehand. You had some, um, you know, I guess you'd call them like jurisdictional cases where players that had a hardship or reason, like a family reason to want to stay in a certain location, those things were handled. Um, but still a, a really big historic moment, you know, to Billy Jean King in the house to finally get this thing rolling and to pull it all together in a relatively short amount of time. Uh, pretty impressive. And I think, look, much needed. I've been pretty vocal in my, I don't want to say criticism, but more critique of the women's game over the last handful of years has been, you need to have the very best players all in one league. You can't have some over here and some over there, and you can't have competing factions. Now that they have that, I think they can take a real step forward. And it's an interesting business model. One person, Stan Kasten of the Dodgers owning all six teams, um, Get some, you know, get the NHL on board when you can demonstrate that you have a viable product. Uh, should be easy for the league to support, and then it's kind of off to the races from there. Yeah, it. Uh, I mean, they they're doing a lot of things in terms of targeting those hotbed cities. And but you're right. I mean, when Alex Carpenter was drafted, and they're talking about her playing in China over the last couple of years in Russia, and over this instability in the North American women's ice hockey game, I, I found that quite uh, quite interesting to hear. We've got training camp coming up this week for the Oilers, and right across the NHL, of course, they just wrapped up the rookie camp in Penticton a couple hours ago now, and um, really the dominating storylines it's not like anybody is in too crazy a battle for a roster position certainly a little bit of that going on toward the bottom of the roster but I mean maybe the closest thing that Oilers fans should be following is is how much of an improvement we can see in the crease with the two goaltenders what are you looking at heading into camp yeah I think look goaltending for me is going to be a focal point for the Oilers until they can prove that it isn't and not to say that it's a five alarm fire or anything like that. I just think that the way things ended for Stuart Skinner, he's got a lot to prove and Jack Campbell on a bounce back year. Can he get back to the level that he was at a couple seasons ago and really find comfort in the Oilers crease? Uh, that's, that's a storyline for sure, but I just don't think one that we're going to see any resolution or answer to in the preseason. We probably won't even have it in the first few weeks of the season. Um, the depth pieces, you know, what's up with the guys on the PTOs, who will be sort of the 13th forward, so to speak, um, the last guy that the Oilers can keep in the lineup or, or traveling with the team, who's going to be the fourth-line center. All those things uh, matter, but I think that's, you know, it's the mark of a good, really good team, Brennan, when you that's sort of the least of your concerns. From a health perspective, um, that's, to me, it's really one of the underrated or under, you know, sort of talked about stories last year was just the chunk of time that Evander Kane missed and, and how Kane and Hyman weren't really healthy in the playoffs. And, you know, health is going to be a big factor for this team moving forward too. So keep an eye on that. And I think I'm really excited to see Connor Brown, like how good is this guy for someone that had been an absolute horse for the first, you know, number of years of his career before running into this really untimely and unfortunate knee injury, he seems to be back and ready to go. And 
what a shot in the arm he would be at this year's cap hit of 775. Yeah, and the thing is, you know, even versus 10 years ago in terms of the recovery and and what performance level you can get to even after a catastrophic knee injury, we know about what McDavid did, uh, but athletes all across the major four sports are it's not like that's something that I expect to really hamper his play. Maybe it's better to say that I just expect that he could fully bounce back to a 25-30 goal scoring form and as you say if that's the case at that salary for this year, you are absolutely you're laughing. laughing. Yeah. Absolutely. And I would say it's not so much for Brown to me. Can he bounce back? I think that in the fear, and, and I, I have a, a big wooden desk here, I'm knocking on wood. You're, you're worried about a re injury, is really what you're concerned about. So we've seen a lot of other players have been unfortunate. Robbie Fabry comes to mind, multiple, you know, tears. Like that's the one thing you really want to guard against. And so, um, you know, let's just get that guy in some bubble wrap to start the first few weeks of the season. Fair enough. One last question for you, Frank. And that is this. We are trying to get updates as much as we can from you, from Elliot, from those who may know anything about uh, inching closer towards an international best on best February 2025. Anything further in the last couple of weeks? Nothing further. Something that they're talking about. Um, you know, it's certainly... It should be up high on, on the NHL's agenda um, to get done. I, I had said before that the fact that Connor McDavid is, you know, 20 some years old, has been in the league for, you know, this number of years now and has never put on a Team Canada jersey in a best on best competition, like that's it's a failure of epic proportion. So needs to be fixed. Um, personally, I, you know, I, I wish there was a way to get it together for 2024. I don't care when you do it in the calendar, but 20, you get it on a regular rhythm and cycle 2024, six, eight, you know, 30 do like do that in successive order so that you know what you're getting yourself into, you know, five, six, 10 years out. Um, that's the way to make sure that it doesn't get lost again and get used as a bargaining chip. Yeah. All right, Frank, really appreciate your time as always. We'll check in with you in a few days, okay? Sounds good, Brendan. Have a good week. All right, you too. Frank Saravalli, Daily Face-Off Zone for the horses. Horse Racing Alberta. Again, they've got live standard bread racing each Friday and Saturday out at Century Mile. You can head on and check it out. More info at thehorses.com. We'll press pause here on Oilers Now. Back in a moment. Brendan Escott in tonight for Bob Stopper, operating out of the home office. Bob should be in transportation right now as we speak from Penticton back to the Kelowna airports. They're heading home after the Young Stars Classic wrapped up with a 5-2 loss to the Canucks rookies in matinee action earlier this afternoon. Hey, don't miss your chance to join an exciting road trip down to Nashville. You've probably heard about this one by now, but... Just a couple of tickets left to get in on this uh, trip. Excuse me, to watch the Oilers play the Predators. The package 
includes nonstop airfare with Flair Airlines, four nights, deluxe hotel right near all the action, some lower bowl game tickets, a welcome reception with Bob and special guests, which last year I think there was Paul Coffey, uh, Ken Holland was down there. So uh, you're going to get some big name attention. Experience all that Music City USA has to offer this October on the Nashville road trips right around the corner. Call New West Travel today or go online to New West Travel. Dot com. We'll remind you as well, the Oilers now injury report brought to you all season long by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Training camp coming up this week, Thursday on ice sessions begin. And that's when we begin holding our breath, making sure that there are no injuries to report for the foreseeable future. Still to come on today's show, NHL Today, for our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing. We're going to get into the Oilers Now Audio Vault and uh, try and get you some post-game audio from this loss against the Canucks, putting a bow on the Young Stars Classic down at the South Okanagan Event Center. And Bob Stoffer in conversation with the new director of Oilers Amateur Scouting, Rick Pr- Tracy takes over for Tyler Wright, who the club parted ways with back in August. And Bracey's he's got a long resume. He spent uh, quite a bit of time with Philadelphia, Colorado as well, where he drafted the likes of Duchesne, Barry, O'Reilly, Gabriel Landeskog, etc. So uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what kind of perspective he brings to the Oilers' front office as he and Jeff Jackson sort of usher in. Would you say it's a new era? I mean, I guess we'll I guess we'll see, but 67-year-old Ken Holland's contract is about to come to an end and then what? We'll find out together. 